0: This is a WTOP original podcast. Welcome to another episode of The Vine Guy. In this episode, I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming Monique Sultani. Uh, Now, Monique is an award-winning journalist with a double major in broadcast journalism and American studies and a lifetime of experiences sharing stories on and off camera. Monique honed her reporting skills for network affiliates across the country, spending the majority of her life working in newsrooms in California's major cities from San Francisco to San Diego, Fresno, Orange County, and Los Angeles. Monique is deeply rooted in the region and has a core connection with the wine country community. Monique is also a trained sag after actor, wow, and studied at the Groundlings. That's pretty cool. Warner Laughlin Studios and the Atlantic Theater Company. She has interviewed at least 200 winemakers, more than me, countless top chefs, and A-list celebrities. In 2008, Monique first brought Wine-O to life once a week on KSEE24, airing in over 1.5 million homes across California's Central Valley. From 2013 to 2018, Monique formed and executed distribution deals for Wino TV with Comcast, NBC Universal, Zumo, TV4, Streaming on Hulu, Roku, Amazon Prime Video, and International Distribution. Wow, she's been busy. In that same period, she covered Weather and Wine on the Weather Channel and created two humans at the same time, literally two humans at the same time. She has twins. Wino TV won numerous awards over the years, including the best drink show on TV and online in 2018 and 2019. Monique, I don't know where you found time for me. (laughs) This is amazing.
1: We haven't even got up to 2023 yet. You're only in 2018. (laughs) I am nothing if I am efficient.
0: (laughs) Wow. Welcome to the Vine Guy podcast, Monique. Thanks for making the time for me.
1: Yeah, so, thanks for having me on that intro. I was like, "Who wrote that?"
0: <laughs> actually, I know. I probably know the woman who wrote that for you.
1: <laughs> My goodness, let's hire her PR person. She made herself sound pretty good. <laughs>
0: tell you what. And speaking of pretty good, I have to say that I've actually watched you on Wino TV, and it's not pretty good. It's amazing. You are incredible. I love your style, it, and more important. I love your energy. You just have this way of coming across as if and you're making me feel like I'm part of the party.
1: Well, that makes me so happy to hear one that you uh, that you love the show um, and that you can somehow connect with me in the energy that I was born with and I don't fake it. So if anything, when I, my background's in TV news and when I got started, they'd be like, oh my gosh, Monique, tone it down, sit on your hands. You're not a game show host, you know? And so I've spent my life really trying to, you know, keep my energy at bay. And when I'm doing what I love, like I've been able to do my show, which is the great joy of my life. Uh, at this point and of course my daughters the energy is real and i'm I'm happy it, it, you're able to connect with it in a positive way
0: it, it is absolutely authentic which is amazing so um i i have a couple quick questions for you and the yeah. first one i'm going to ask is how's a, a california girl who's gone into broadcast journalism end up doing a show on wine i mean that's probably let's start there because that's a pretty interesting leap
1: it's such a great question. And I'm so glad you asked it because I all, I often think about uh, Steve Jobs and his great uh, speech that he gave, you know, about connecting the dots backwards. And so we'll go backwards and connect the dots, if you will. Uh, I got my uh, start in Pocatello, Idaho. I was a little Katie Kirk of southeastern Idaho. There, I worked in that market from 1999 to 2002. I was on the air during, uh, excuse me, during 9/11. I was the main anchor in that market at the time. I was a young girl in my 20s. I um, found that to be an extremely difficult time, obviously, for everyone. Uh, but for me personally, as a person working in the news business, I didn't feel like I was the person to call on uh, in this time of crisis. And it really was a, a constitutional or emotional crisis for me as is news in my blood. Can I cover it? I cried on air. Things that maybe were not um acceptable at that time the time the world has changed but it was a a a life-changing career moment for me uh in in that way i ended up moving to new york city uh shortly after when my contract was up uh i remember thinking gosh i want to be a part of the bucket brigade or whatever it was i want to do what i could do to help and so i moved there because i felt a deep connection after 9-11 to the to the city i lived in uh downtown in battery park city um right across from um, One World Financial. And I lived there for two years. And when you live in New York City, you realize uh, 17, I made $17,000 a year in Pocatello and I was able to support myself living in New York City. You don't make very much money. I got a job uh, working in a restaurant uh, after being uh, the, Katie Kirk of Southeastern Idaho. Wow. I started working in a restaurant okay. and in this restaurant that I worked in, I learned for the first time in my life about wine. And what I realized there in this uh, area that I lived in was a few things. It was the heyday of Wall Street. And so there was a lot of money flying around and there was a lot of great bottles of wine to try. And I was fortunate enough to try a lot of them. But what I uh, learned working there as a young girl in my 20s was that um, if you could talk about wine, you could have a conversation with anyone from any walks of life. I didn't grow up uh, in that world of you know fine wine or anything, but I, I was I had a seat at their table if I could hold the conversation about wine. And I felt like very empowered as a woman, a young woman to have this conversation about wine to be taken seriously. People didn't hand women the wine lists back then. And so that was a very empowering thing for me. And so, what I thought about at that moment, you know, this is a long time ago, was about how I could create a show really for empowering women through wine. And again, this was before we had the internet and all these other things, because this was about 2003 um, when I really came up with the idea. Flash forward. a few years uh, go by. I study with the quartermaster psalms and get, you know, a certification here. I start working and uh, doing a couple talk shows and, and things like that. And then I realized, okay, I don't have to work in TV news. Maybe it's not in my blood, but I can still work in television. I can still have a conversation with people. And so I got a job offer to start a um, talk show at the NBC affiliate in Fresno, and I said, okay. I'm going to do a wine segment. Uh, We had six live segments a day, and that's where I started Wine O. But really for me at that time, it was about empowering women. It was also about opening up a whole new world to me, a world that I'd never heard of. I learned about regions I'd never been to. I wasn't well-traveled. I didn't know about these worlds, and I learned about through different cultures and communities through wine.
0: So this started with just an idea in 2003. You just kind of went you had an epiphany.
1: Oh, I shot a pilot. I mean, I shot stuff. It's not that anybody wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I remember I did stand ups. I was like, you know what? I was going to agents in LA. I was like, I've got this idea. They're like, wine. It's, they, nobody was. And when I went to Fresno in 2007, I came to them with wine. They were like, no, nobody oh, cares. On. No, because- it was a different. Um, it's not like it wasn't, this isn't Wine Spectator. I'm talking to a regular audience in, in television in, in America. It's not like nuanced and we didn't have the YouTube and we didn't have all this stuff back then. So it wasn't, there wasn't this niche programming like there is today. Yeah, but at but that Fresno's
0: time. Is a stone's throw from, from wine country.
1: Correct. I think
0: that they would be like excited about this.
1: Well, we got it on the air. For I got it on the air. So it, the, the the audience was excited about it. But what I'm saying is, to get it on the air with a a local affiliate for them to understand the audience was ready for it. I had to show them the audience was ready for it by creating a show. People don't know what they don't know. So I created it and it, it was very well received. Okay. Uh, I mean, we yeah, it was a very well-received segment. And so, you know, hence, there's my long way. You say you edit, so there's a long answer to your short question.
0: but <laughs> okay, but before we started the interview, we were talking and I and I told you about this book, Lessons in Chemistry. And for those of you in the audience who have not read this book, I highly, highly recommend it. But you, Monique, are kind of the living embodiment of of our heroine in in this book. Uh, because very similar, I'm not going to give much away for anybody who hasn't read it. But she ends up going on air, finding a, a niche in TV to talk about something that turns into women empowerment. So oh. very, very cool that there's a you know kind of a correlation here uh, between uh, you and and this book. Now, so you've you've got this talk show in Fresno. You have a, a wine segment that you've brought to life. Now, fast forward. How did we get to Wine O from there?
1: Well, the, the name of the segment was wine. Oh, that's what we called it. Like wine. Oh, I didn't, I made it up. Wine. Oh, I didn't know that. And, oh, I drink too much. Right. (laughs) Um, So it was like a funny little play on words. And each week we would welcome people to the world of wine. Uh, In 2009, I got a job offer to work for the CBS affiliate in San Francisco. And I took that job offer thinking in my mind that I would be able to do all this wine stuff because they like Fresno would fall in love with me and all of my ideas about wine. Oh, and they would just want to do it. (laughs) Well, guess what? That's not what happened. It was 2009. It was right after the recession, if people can remember what happened in 2008 and what happened to a lot of newsrooms, there was no money for any wine o or any fun lifestyle content. In fact, at that time, they started cutting all the locally produced content. In fact, there was a show that I was a huge fan of in the Bay Area on NBC Bay Area called In Wine Country. That show got cut. View from the Bay got cut. There was a bunch of locally produced shows that got cut. And so what I did with my little brainstorming hat was i thought well i have background in tv news i can shoot right and do everything nobody's creating content anymore because it's too expensive i'm gonna go do it by myself so i'd work for cbs on the morning show from four to nine or whatever it was i can't remember the hours so they were early morning and then i would just drive up to wine country with my trusty little camera and i'd start shooting segments And I just really guerrilla style, local news style um, would go up to all the places, shoot interviews with people. Um, They were resistant for sure because they didn't know me or what I was doing. But um, And then I started selling those segments to different outlets. Uh, And I did that for a long time. And then I ended up doing that full time. I left CBS. I did that full time. And then I met my husband or he was my boyfriend. And he said, Monique, you do all these segments for everybody else. Why don't you do them for yourself? And I never really thought of doing them for myself. I'd only worked in broadcast television and, you know, who would watch them? Why would they watch uh, just me? Uh, But what I learned is when I sold those segments, I didn't own them. So you can't even find any of the stuff that I did uh, because when you sell to a different outlet, they own it, right? And so we started a Wine o TV on my own in uh, 2012. Yeah. And so then we started Then I owned everything from 2012 uh, to now is how it.
0: Evil. And, and your boyfriend, Mark, at the time uh, yeah. was was your kind of your inspiration to do this, huh?
1: Well, he you know, he was he thought in a way that I didn't think, you know, and he believed in me in a way I could never believe in myself.
0: That's wonderful, though.
1: Yeah. So it was really something that we did together in this way. I mean, we would sit in the Noe Valley, uh, this little cafe in Noe Valley, and we would, you know, write these outlines because he like I said, he had a business background. He had a different kind of mind than I had. We envisioned what it could be. And um, we were one of the first websites to even have a video platform on the front. We had to build that from scratch. Nobody could do it. Um, it took a long time to get that. Uh, I really wanted video to first. You know, it wasn't a blogger or a vlogger, it was a television person. And um, we did that. And, you know, the first year we won this wine blog award that I didn't really know what that was, but we won. I don't know how uh, for best video. And then that sort of got me more in this wine niche world, you know, because I was always in a television world. But once I won this wine blogger award for best video in 2012, um, that kind of put me in this other um, in this other space.
0: Right. And so, yeah, path. completely on another path
1: a different yeah when it was a little more it went more nuanced after that you know my it got into this wine this like sub wine world that you're in
0: <laughs> well but whatever um,
1: you know it's a different it's a different audience
0: it, it is and it's wonderful and and i and i have to commend you for really just being a tour de force not just in the wine world but specifically in in the world of wine video because you're right i before you or there was very little online content for online video that was that was wine centric and i gotta tell you i'm again a big fan i'm impressed
1: (laughs) Cool, i appreciate it
0: now i i when did you and mark get married
1: we got married in 2012 the same year i launched my show the same year he launched his new uh, startup we did it all at the same time it was all wedding planning wine O T V tv happening he he was a big dreamer and so was i i still am
0: and and then and then you decide to have twins
1: Well, right. You know, so it's it was crazy that we did a lot in a very little uh, amount of time, you know. So um, 2012, we got married. 2012, we launched Wino TV TV. Uh, 2014, I got pregnant with twins. In 2015, we had them. And um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the timeline, you know, because it all happened so fast. And we got the mm-hmm. Comcast. Mm-hmm. We got the Hulu thing early on. I think that was 2013, 2014. 2014, we got the um, Zumo. I mean, we, me, I was just hustling Uh, Zumo, in um, which is embedded in all the um, smart TVs. LG, I think we got them in uh, 2017. I think we got Comcast in 2017, and um, you know, we won a bunch of awards, and it was really going great. And I can go on with the story if you want, or I can pause, or what you tell me, because obviously there's a a big, there's a there's... there's a gap in time. Uh, And And, and and I
0: do I do actually want to talk about that because I I think it's important um, uh, because I think it's informed who you are now. And I know that in 2018, you were shooting a production of YNO TV in Italy. When I know that you've got a phone call that no spouse uh, ever, ever wants to get. And uh, I I think that this is um, uh, really part of the story. So with your permission, I'd love to talk a little bit about it. Uh, you were in, in Italy, you get the phone call that Mark has been diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and you dropped everything, ran home uh, to take care of the family. I think the girls were two and a half or three years old. Uh, and then uh, unfortunately we lost Mark in, in July of 19 at, at only 47 years old, which is just a, a tragedy on a lot of levels, particularly since we don't talk enough about colon cancer. It's sort of this mystique. But, um, you know, and and then, of course, the pandemic hit. So you kind of had this double whammy occurring in your life. What happened to YNO TV and what happened to you, Monique?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh, when you hear someone else say it, you know, it's it's uh, there's so much in there. There's so much packed in there, you know, to go back in time mentally to what that was like when that phone rang when I was sitting at a, you know, three star Michelin restaurant with me and the chef and that's it. And, and and my husband had been feeling tired and the phone's ringing, the phone's ringing, pick up the phone. He's texting me, pick up the phone. I'm were, you know, pick up the phone. And I'm at the thing and the, I, got, I got to pick up the phone, you know, and you walk out and then it's like, what? Like, I thought you were tired, you know? And so for me, um, and he was home alone with our two and a half year old twins. We didn't have, there was no nanny. This is not our life. You know, we're just regular people. And I, you know, I finally have the dream of my career and the love of my life and these two beautiful daughters, and it just came crashing down. And that's the truth of it. So the show felt very small to me. The show felt very small. Okay, the show, I love what I did, but it was nothing in comparison to what we were going through and what really mattered to us. And so for me to have the time with my husband and the time with our daughters, and it wasn't like, here's your death sentence. That's not how it goes with these things. We were fighting every second of our lives to keep my husband uh, alive. And he was fought harder than you can imagine. And then still trying to create a life for our daughters who are, you know, going through this uh, as well, because they're little kids and they're three and whatever, they don't know what's happening. And then the plague (laughs) after that, the pandemic you know, when the thing that was keeping us together after Mark had passed was community and that was gone. And so then it was me and the girls in the house. I took care of my husband till the day he died in our home. And so we we're in the home that my husband died in. And there we are in San Francisco for uh, an unbearable amount of time and loneliness. And, um, you know, I thought, what can make this better? This is so awful. And I thought sunshine and a pool. And so I moved to San Diego to for the sun. And that is the truth of it and we sat there in that house really just trying to get my head on straight and what i realized during covid and when i thought about my show it felt so small and when mark died we lost everything really truly and when covid came we lost community and i thought god if i could bring my show back this year it will matter and let me tell you why because this idea of how we come together of community, what is holding us together, what is keeping us together, that is what I miss the most. It wasn't these bucket list wishes of going to Africa Safari. It was someone to share a meal with communally around the table. What I miss, I have probably 3,000 bottles of red wine that I haven't opened because I can't open a bottle of red wine alone. Wine is meant to be shared. And so I thought, gosh, if I can bring my show back this season, it will matter. I'm going to bring it back I'm going to show community. I'm going to show the power of community of how we come together around the table over a meal with a beautiful bottle of wine. And to me, that mattered. That felt meaningful to me again. And that's why I brought the show back.
0: And and I'm so glad that you did. And by the way, Park City is only an hour and a half uh, plane ride away from San Diego. Bring a few bottles. (laughs) Yeah. I've got a lot.
1: I've got a lot. I don't like to drink alone. Now, champagne, on the other hand, I'll drink alone because that's just a party. But a bottle of red rat wine, it must be shared.
0: Yeah, well, I agree on the champagne. My wife actually has a little, you know, bellhop bell. It says oh, champagne please so whenever you know if i hear the little bell i know that i have to
1: oh i love
0: love and i have to get a bottle of champagne first.
1: i love her To my daughters gave me a little bell it says coffee please and they put it by my bed so it's super cute yeah <laughs> so we your wife and i'll be like <laughs> that's
0: right i'll have to get i will have to get you the champagne bell now
1: i need it i'm waiting for it
0: so you're now back doing wino tv and and you said that, you know, Mark's passing kind of did inform, I guess, the new feel of Wino. Can we talk just a little bit about that? I again, I, I don't want to dwell too much on the on the dark side of this, but I think it is so important, uh, you know, that that first of all, that we my wife is in that field, uh, as as you and I discussed. Um, a quick PSA, folks, go get regular screening for colon cancer. It is important. Uh, and it can save your life and um I think if we talked more about it openly, we would have more lives saved. so that's my quick PSA So back to you uh, how did this inform your new episodes of whyno?
1: When you go through end of life care and when you go through end of life and the loss of somebody everyone's had their own experience with mortality in one way or the other you I was the sole caregiver and everything felt so small. I can't explain it, but aside from obviously taking care of my daughters, I didn't know how television or wine really mattered to me anymore. Um, in comparison to what I've experienced. So to come back to bring it back, it had to matter into me deeply, not a fake, not because I want to be on TV, not because that's just wrote what I've been doing forever. It needed to matter. And what I realized and what really mattered to me, what I missed the most, because I was alone with no other adult person, just me and the two little kids for 15 months, for 15 months, gosh, if I just had a person to share a meal with a community of people, and then I realized that is how we come together, right? So let me shoot the show in this way. Let me shoot the show with this informing us and bringing people together. Now I started thinking about shooting the show again. You gotta do the timeline with me if you would because this is December, 2021. There's Omicron, there's this, there's stay in your house, there's masks, there's don't go out, don't leave your house, stay in. Are we in, are we out? Are we in, are we out? That's what was happening in California. So I, at the end of 2021, December, I said, I'm in. I got to shoot the show again. I have limited risk because of all of my health, I'm healthy and I it's 2022. And I, I believe this people want to come together again. I'm gonna go put myself in a situation. I'm gonna go to different regions. Maybe that look a little different in case people are too afraid. To travel. Uh, so I went to Paso Robles, right? You could do these gas tank getaways, but you could do something so different. You can learn about the culture, the community, the people. I went to Walla Walla, Washington. Again, I was trying to go places that looked a little different, depending on if people wanted to travel again, but they didn't want, they're still afraid, you know, for whatever reason, obviously, rightfully so. But I wanted to put myself in a situation where I could show us coming together again. And I took those. That aspect went to Lodi. I went to these different kind of communities for that reason, because we're being informed in the time period that we were at. I shot all through 2022. Of course, the world evolved as we were shooting and things were changing because this was a moving this was fluid, you know, um, much like I was informed by, uh, 9 11 in, uh, my early twenties, I was informed by the pandemic in my career, uh, in my forties. And so, and obviously the loss of my husband, I mean, come on, like that is, is informed my whole being and existence. And I have a single parent to two little kids that also comes into play with how I would work again and what that would look like. And so the show this year, I'm, this is the proudest thing I've ever done. Uh, it's, career-wise. Obviously it's the best work of my career. I believe uh, we shot it very quickly on a shoestring budget. I'm so proud of the work that we did. And I know we're only going to get better from here. So um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but it's 11, 11, make you a did. wish.
0: Uh, you know, I, listen, uh, Monique, I think you need to um, patent the term or copyright the term gas tank getaway. I love that. that is-
1: oh Thank awesome. you. Gas tank getaway. That is something I've been talking about for years in local news. I think of these gas tank getaways or, you know, uh, grape escapes. I started calling them on my show a long time ago. Um, but thank you for that. Yeah. These gas tank getaways. They're so fun. Or e-car escapes now because people have like a, you know, electric car. I pitch that out, you know, because you know, you think about things that you want to do that are close to home, but you can get away. You want to feel different. You want it to look different. Some, not everybody. And also the other thing is I think I, you know, not everybody can afford these big trips. Like, you know, airline flights now are completely insane. I mean, things are expensive. You want to be able to give people a lot of value. And I hope when they watch the show, they're going to get the value, too. There's nothing in the show that I do that you can't do uh, when you watch it. So when I go ziplining over uh, vineyards and Paso a that's something you can do. Uh, you know, you might not sit down with Jerry Lohr uh, and Gary Eberly, but you can go there and try their wines and they're affordable. Uh, you know, there's things that we're going to do that you can do at home and you can plan your trip around it.
0: Oh, you can sit down with Gary Everly. He'll sit down with anyone. Well, I
1: was gonna say Gary Everly, you can't. <laughs> I don't know about Jerry Lore. You know, he's a I don't know, but I know Gary Everly's gonna be there. He's gonna have just, the poodles. They're probably gonna sing for you. Exactly. It's free. There's just, no tasting fee.
0: Just show up. He'll be there.
1: He'll be there, right? Exactly. To tell you all about Joe Paterno and the cheerleaders <laughs> yes. and all the fun stuff. he's great. I love that yes, guy. He's absolutely great.
0: I love it. So listen, this has been absolutely wonderful. I'm I am we we're, we're I wonder if I could impose on on you, uh, you, to maybe give us a couple wine recommendations. Do you have maybe one or two wine recommendations? What are your go to wines right now that you just want to get into a hammock or you know get into that pool and enjoy a glass of wine?
1: Yeah, well, you know what I. It's so funny. I don't know where when this was going to air, so I got something for everyone. But the funniest thing is right before we started, just yesterday, I judged the Mendocino County wine competition, which I've never done before. It's the 44th annual. And right before we started, they gave us the results. So I thought I'd pick two best of class winners from the Mendocino that hasn't been announced yet uh, from the Mendocino County Wine Competition. One, because they're great. And two, I think they'd be fun. So one of them is this um, Anderson Valley Blanc de Noir from Penny Royal Farm. Uh, It is made in the traditional method. And of course, what we love about Mendocino County is that it is a very California is one of California's greenest wine regions. So they are sustainably made, but it's also made in the traditional method. Forty eight dollars a bottle. What I learned about Penny Royal Farm and I've actually I judged this, so I picked it. I didn't know it was blind, so I'm particularly proud. But also when I think about August, it's back to school. So back to school is a reason to celebrate. So open up a bottle of sparkling from Anderson Valley, a Blanc de Noir.
0: it's, It's a Blanc de Noir sparkling wine from, who's the producer?
1: Penny Royal Farm, and what I oh, realized man. and what I found out only yesterday was they're the daughters of the same family from a Navarro Vineyards, which is obviously very well known uh, in in Mendocino County. Wonderful. So uh, that's fun. And then I've got a Syrah for you if you're getting into the I don't know when you're going to edit this, but if we're getting into the warm uh, the wintry months, yeah, absolutely. We're doing fall. We've got a Green a Greenwood Ridge Vineyards twenty twenty one Syrah. Also from um, from a, a Mendocino County, this one's coming from Philo. Philo. Uh, the coolest thing that I learned about this winery in this vineyard is the winery, the guy that was the dad of um, of Allen, who is was the winemaker, excuse me, was the owner, but he sold it. He was an associate of Frank Lloyd Wright, so he has this crazy, uh, interesting tasting room architecture. So if you go up there, they have this really cool um, tasting room that is the, like the shape of an octagon, and it is made from a redwood tree that fell down in a storm in 1969. So really fun. Uh, a couple of wines; those are the best of class winners. Haven't been announced yet. I got the email right before this this uh, this podcast interview, so I thought it was perfectly timely to show you some best mendocino county wines and also i have my mendocino county wine episode coming up on cbs on august 20th
0: okay everybody did you hear that august 20th uh mendocino wine county episode on wine o tv and two great recommendations monique thank you that is awesome your timing is perfect you know, I can't wait to try that Syrah this fall, maybe with a little rack of lamb. It sounds
1: yeah, cool. you're you know, it because it says like stew, lamb, stuff like that. And it's fun because you start to feel in August for us. You know, we have small kids. The kids are going back to school. You start getting next thing you know, it's what about Halloween? What about this? What about that? It's here before you know it. And, I, you know, you can't go wrong with a sparkling. You can't go wrong with a Syrah and also the value on these both. What I love about Mendocino County incredible quality per value uh the blanc to noir is uh 48 and the, uh, the greenwood ridge vineyards is 34 Get out. So, no i'm i'm, I'm not kidding wow, i had to look it up awesome. you know this is the other thing like wine is not for just a certain group of people wine is for everyone we can all come together around a beautiful well-made bottle
0: well i gotta tell you next time i'm in san diego i'm gonna look you up and maybe we can share one of those bottles together
1: we can share as many as you want. Thank I do not like to wonderful. drink alone, unless it's sparkling, then I have oh, no problem.
0: Buddy, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. This has been an absolute pleasure, uh, and I can't t- tell you how wonderful this actually meet I, you know. Again, I'm blushing a little bit, but you know, to actually talk to you and then see you on TV, it's just a real pleasure.
1: Oh, it's the joy of my life. And thank you for being so generous with your time and allowing me to share my story. And I would like to reiterate, if you're 45 years or older with no family history, to please schedule a colonoscopy. Um, If you have a family history or symptoms, obviously younger, the sooner the better. Uh, So if they would have given my husband one, he would be alive here today and I would be sharing a very different story with you. We'd still be talking about wine, but it'd be a different story. And I'm so grateful that you gave me this opportunity to share my story with your audience, Scott.
0: Monika, it was my pleasure, absolutely. Thank you for being here. Thank you. That'll do it for this episode of the Vangaya WTOP news podcast. Remember until the next time, do good, drink well.